Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Another story that's coming big again. And look at the story we've been talking about since forever on The Opinion Line is the waiting list for children for services. Across Cork and Kerry, we read this morning that there are more than 18,000 children now waiting for therapies, including basic assessments across the Cork and Kerry region. This figure was released following a parliamentary question by the Labour TD, Sean Sherlock. It doesn't include... Uh, children awaiting therapies for specialised disability network teams. My, my friend Donald O'Keefe has a piece in the Examiner this morning saying that one of the huge waiting lists is for speech and language assessment and speech and language therapy. Something like six or 7,000 kids on that list. You have to ask yourself, how has it gotten this bad? Why is it always this bad? Why are children waiting so long? And I'm asking this question and beating this drum since, since as a family <coughs> ourselves, I beg your pardon, since as a family ourselves, we were trying to get services for our boy back in the day. And we thought we had to wait, but by God almighty, it's worse it's getting. It's absolutely worse it's getting. Georgina, you are one of the parents uh, stuck on a waiting list. Uh, good morning. Good morning, PJ. I think it's your son, isn't it? Yeah, my son, Luke, he's six now, but um, we were waiting two and a half years um, for an assessment, and in the end, we actually had to go private. We had no other choice. Otherwise, he wouldn't have got a place in preschool at the time, early intervention, you know. Um, So, yeah, we just had to go down the private route. We had no other choice. Yeah, the initial waiting time for an assessment alone in your case it's was two, two and a half years. God. If not more. Two yeah, and a half absolutely. years. Yeah. And without a diagnosis you can't get into an early intervention unit. No, no, you can't. You no. get nothing without a diagnosis. That's just it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Right. So And and where you are in East Cork's services aren't exactly falling off the shelf either. No, because he was in, I had a for early intervention for the first two years. And then I was told he'd have a place for primary school. And then when it came to primary school, I was told he had lost his place. So I had to fight again. And luckily, I did get into Educate Together in Middleton, which was great. But still, it was the uprooting and changing his routine again. 
Yeah. Well, luckily, he's settled in okay, but still. L- L- Luke is his name. Tell me a little bit about him, Georgina. Okay, so Luke is just six. He'll be seven this year in March. Like, he has very bad anxiety. He has... Um, He's waiting for occupational therapy again. He bangs his head quite a lot when he doesn't. He gets very frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so does, does he, he was speak? non-verbal. Does he, speech? Yeah. he has speech. He was non-verbal up till about two and a half, three. Okay. But luckily, I paid for speech and language therapy myself again privately, and his speech came on. Good. So, like in his six years, he's only got one block of occupational therapy, which was five sessions, that was it. That's all he's ever got. Yeah. So he's back on the waiting list now again for more occupational therapy. And I was told I'd be waiting 12 to 18 months again. Just to be seen. Just to be seen, yeah. And and when you go private, and I know it's costly, Georgina, um, when, when you go private, how long do you wait then? Well, in fairness, now with the private, like at the moment, like for example, the Stepping Ahead Clinic in Cork, where I go, and they are fantastic up there. Um, it's like only about three weeks, but still, it's like every session, then you're paying big money, like, you know. It's a long time, since, it's a long time since I had to pay for a session for himself. So, how, how, how much would you be paying I for a session? I think it's about 80, 80 euro for one session, and like that's maybe 40 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And like you're going to need at least a block of 10, 12 sessions at a goal. Like. You're talking a grand. Yeah, easily, like, yeah. Yeah, and that's a grand. And remember, remember you've got to bring two grand, or you, you've got to raise 2,000 in work and wages to make a grand these yeah. days, you know? God almighty. Yeah, exactly. Couple yeah. mortgages and energy bills and the cost of living going up in general. Exactly, yeah. And like, there's no, there's nothing in East Cork really for kids with additional needs. Like, you know, like, there is one thing in Middleton, and I'll have to say, Gillian Murphy um, from Middleton um, organises football every Sunday. It's kind of football. They do all different kind of sports with them in the Middleton GA, but that's sure. the only thing in Yeah. So there's absolutely nothing for them, like, you know which is very unfair. I know, I know. Life is tough enough without without this carry-on. And you know what it is, Georgina, and I'm listening to you here, and you, you join a list of as many mothers and fathers as I can care to recall speaking about here, yeah. both in the opinion line and back in my time in the newsroom. This, nothing has changed. In fact, if anything, it's gotten worse. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. And like in the six years that I've been fighting for this, like things have just are getting worse and worse the whole time. Like, yeah. there's no break at all. Like, you know. And and you know, for people who wouldn't understand the need for occupational therapy, it's 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 a term that most people will never have to try to understand. But like, what would what would OT regular OT mean for Luke? Well. Gets very overwhelmed and frustrated. Like, so if he's not getting regular OT, I have the likes of him, like, ha- going to the extreme, like, because he doesn't understand everyday things. So, like, if, like, for a normal five or six year old boy, like, if you tell them, look, 
this isn't right, you can't do this. They'll understand where Luke will start banging his head off the wall or banging his head off the table oh in frustration. Right. Do you know? And then he gets very upset, like, and it could take me a good hour to calm him down sometimes, like. Yeah. And I go, like, no parent wants their child to be like that. No, no. And and does he get a lot of little meltdowns? Well, lately he has been, like, because he hasn't had occupational therapy again, like, with nearly going on. And I guess, Georgia, like, what do you learn? What What does an OT teach you? Uh, with how to approach those little moments? Well, I suppose, like, you know, you have your social charts, like, and things like that, like, with Luke, like, you have to do things in steps with him. He has to have visuals and things, like, in front of him, even in school, like, the teachers have visuals for him, so, like, it's step by step by step, and everything is routine with Luke. If he's out of his routine, then the whole house is upset, (laughs) you know? Yes, and the things that we do normally in our own heads, we jump four steps together. We've been doing it since Luke goes one step and one step and one step, and if you take a step out, he, he gets all confused. Oh, yeah. That's that's very hard. It's very hard on you, Georgina, as well, isn't it? Oh, it is, like, and, you know, like, I I do work as well, like, so, like, it's just um, trying to have everything in place for him. Like, he gets a taxi to school now, like, and that's great and everything, but like, if there's a change, like there was a change in his taxi driver there for a while, like, and that kind of upset him then for a while till he got used to that taxi driver again, yeah. like, yeah. you know. Again, that's that's something that many people wouldn't understand. Even a simple thing, like his taxi turning up with a different driver. Yeah, exactly. That throws yeah. him. Yeah, it oh, it does. It throws him completely, like. So. Do, you, do you worry, Georgina, about his future? Do you, do you like, if you get a, a moment to yourself, do you, do you, do you worry? I do, to be honest. Like, like as I said, myself and my husband are get, aren't getting any younger. Like, and like he has an older sister. Like, but like you can't put that on her. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. so just yeah, and like. I don't know. Down along the line, I like I'm like he is verbal and he does go to mainstream school for a half an hour every day, so he is coming on. Good, good. Which is great. And but something that a lot of autistic kids have a problem with is they don't have the words to express what's wrong. I know he's got words now. Is he able to express what's going on, or does he get frustrated? Yeah, like, he tell me, like, if he's sad or he's mad, but sometimes he can't tell me why he's sad or he's mad, like, sure, you know? Sure. So, it's just, yeah. Yeah. And the people that you meet in the system who are telling you that you'll be 18 months waiting for occupational therapy, like, they don't take any yeah, joy like, in telling you that, like, do they? They're just no, saying, they don't. Oh, no. Fairness to them, like they're always apologizing anytime I ring on the phone asking, Is there any update? Like, but like it's not their fault at the end of the day, like, but it's just the HSE is just the way it is. Like, and even during lockdown, like it was so hard, like with him out of school, like out of his routine. Yeah. Um, do you know, so um, it was just like we had to just keep his routine that we had at home with him as best we could, like, and Myself and my husband were like trying to work, but we were still working, like as I work in a nursing home, like so 
he we were still working during the whole of lockdown, like the both of us, like so sure. it was just trying to you know, keep did, things going for did, him. Did like, Luke and find the lockdown very hard, he did? He did, like he he actually loves school, like to be honest, like yeah. he does love school and he likes meeting his couple of little friends in the class, like so he couldn't understand why he couldn't go to school. He knew like that COVID existed. I was trying to explain to him about it, but he didn't fully understand like why he couldn't go to school. Like, I know. Do you know? I know. I know. Then when they did get back to school, he, he um, is a chronic asthmatic as well. So he's missed out on a good bit of school even after going back because, do you know, even if you have the slightest cough, you can't go to school. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I could take the recording of the last five minutes, Georgina, and I could stack it up in a corner. And if we were putting each one as a as a tape, as it were, remember old fashioned tapes or a CD, I'd have a stack going yeah. floor to, going floor to ceiling. I'm talking to parents um, like you for forever, and it's it's just yeah. getting it's just getting worse. Do you have yeah, other parents that you talk to? Are there other parents in the same situation that you talk to? Yeah, most, like, the few people that I'm talking to, like, that have kids with additional needs as well, as same as Luke, like, they're all in the same situation, and it's just like a never-ending battle, like. Yeah. Yeah. A never-ending battle, that is the best way to refer to it. It really yeah. is. I wish you well, and I wish him well. And they sound like terribly hollow, hollow words in that I've probably said them to a hundred people right now. And I often wonder, are those people doing as well as I would have hoped they're doing? But uh, to you and to Luke and everybody else in the family, Georgina, uh, as all I can say is I wish you well. Thanks very much. Uh, Sabrina has called the opinion line. Hey, Sabrina. Hi, how are you? Hi, uh, your boy. My son, so like both my children have autism and my daughter was diagnosed a bit later than my son because um, obviously she's younger. Um, but with my son, he he suffered a neonatal stroke at birth and we were told that, you know, he's going to need physio and OT and speech and language. And, and they were very good up until he got to about school going age, which would have been about 2017. And like he was in with the early intervention because he also has another condition um, Menke syndrome, it's uh, presents with bicornal cranial synostosis, so he's up in uh, Temple Street a lot with that. And um, so he got into their intervention team, and they, I, I swear I can't fault him with, with my son. But uh, then um, when he got to school, he was phased out of the early intervention team, and we were put on the public... Um, oh, what's it called again? I can't think of the name. But anyway, we were seen uh, by primary care, primary care, that's it. Yeah. And, um, like, he was waiting, he was seen, he had an assessment done in 2017 and he got block sessions for speech and language then. And he, six weeks. So then we were put back on the waiting list. He was seen again in 2019 for six weeks. And now we're back on the, uh, we were put back on the waiting list. Um, but since then, he's been sent to the um, Progressive Disability Services here in Middleton. So, um, but, you know, but I'm, again, just because he's there doesn't mean he's been seen. You know, um, I think it's an absolute joke how we have to fight for every appointment. His eye appointment is the one that has me really stressed out at the moment. Um, he's got a squint in his eye, he's long-sighted, and he'd been recently diagnosed by Temple Street um, with cerebral vision impairment. And the, uh, the, the, 
I clinic up in Cork. Um, they uh, they queried it in 2017, but never investigated it. Yeah. So then we um, we were meant to be seen in July 2019, but they said, "Oh, COVID happened. COVID did not exist then." You know. Yeah. Um, so I was like, "Okay." So eventually, we were seen by March or December 2020. Hold on. They didn't blame. They surely didn't mention COVID yeah. in July 2019. No. They said he was meant to be seen in July 2019, but COVID happened. Okay, so this is okay. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, and then we were eventually seen by December 2020, and we were reassured because he has because he's got a squint in his eye. We were told his whole life he needs an operation on this when he's eight or nine, yeah. and. I asked them what's going on with the operation and they said, like, oh, we don't know. Uh, we wait and see how he goes with these new lenses. And we'd be seen again in a few months. And I honestly looked at the consultant and I said to him, I said, do you know when you say in a few months, do you mean actually in a few months or in a few years? Because I know the score. And he said, um, no, 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 it'll be in a few months and you'll see the consultant straight away and he won't need the drops in his eyes and... And I, I actually rang them now last week and they said he's not going to be seen this year at all. So when was uh, he last seen, Sabrina? December 2020. And you've already been told he won't be seen again in 2022? That he won't be seen in 2022 at all, no. And so he's got an way. eye condition that is getting worse. Yes. He needs an operation. He needs an operation on his eye to correct the squint. Yeah. Um, well, you're talking to someone, Sabrina, who had three of those operations when I was 18. So yeah. I know how important they are. Yeah. And, like, it's so hard for my son because he cannot see what's in front of him. You know, like, um, like his sister's shoes, he got confused because they were navy and pink and they thought he was his because his were navy and white. You know, um, if I ask him to go get his glasses, he doesn't know where he put them, that I have to take them to put them somewhere so I know where they are. So, you know, to compensate for him losing them. I still have to get him dressed. I still have to get him. I still have to feed him. I still have to supervise him brushing his teeth and then finish it off for him. You know, all these things that a nine-year-old should be able to yeah, do. I know. Are you getting any OT? Um, he was in with OT uh, in primary care. But again, like I said, he's been transferred to the Progressive Disability Services. When did he, uh, uh, when so did he uh, see a therapist? Uh, when did we, March, I think. No. Yeah, March, I think. Right. Right, but so. that was that was a fight in itself. Um, he it was he was in first class, and his his special needs assistant uh, over again educate together, middle and educate together. Fantastic! I cannot fault them at all. Sure. She, she was fight, fighting to get him seen, um, because he'd been on the list three and a half years at this stage. Uh, marked as high priority also because, like I said, he suffered a stroke, and um, he they were fighting they said oh he'll be seen in um in august or september which they um that was the february of 2020 we were told that and um we uh yeah so that was what we were told then um and then so obviously covid happened and nothing happened then and then it was january last year by the time he got seen so it was just gone on the four years gone just gone over the four years he was waiting to be seen you get tired and bet down, don't you, Sabrina? Trying to get it's this. exhausting. It's so tired because it's you're fighting an uphill battle. You're pushing a boulder up a hill, and there's no one there behind you to help you. Know. You know, it's just so disheartening because, like, and the people you, you know, meet are decent people who really want to help. But oh, I, like the lady that was on beforehand, I was listening to her. She said, uh, whenever you ring, 
they're saying, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I'm sorry about the waiting list. And I understand they're understaffed and I understand that when somebody's out maternity leave, the HSE doesn't cover somebody else to, co- to cover the maternity leave, you know, and then that position is left empty for months. Yeah. Um, and I understand that and I'm accepting that there's, people are human as well. But, do you know, it's just not fair on the children. Like, yeah. there should be something more done for them, like, Know. You know, my my son now has been is slipping through the cracks only for the fact that I fight for him and I fight for every appointment he gets. If I didn't, he wouldn't get them. Yeah. You know, it's just so disheartening. Like, I know, I know, Sabrina. I my heart goes out to you, you and 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 Georgina before you. Courts ninety six FM.